This episode of Tales of the Voidfair is brought to you by all the awesome patrons over at the Project Derailed Patreon. If you are a fan of this show and all the other podcasts we create here at Project Derailed, you could join this legion of elite champions yourself over at patreon.com slash projectderailed. A single $5 subscription tier gets you access to patron-exclusive channels on our Discord, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole extra podcast called Derailed Off the Rails. Thank you everyone for your support. We wouldn't be able to do it without you. Previously on Tales of the Voidfarer. You know me. I do know you, and you're a lot of things. Careful is not one of them. Marco's just gonna roll his eyes in a playful sort of way. Hannah is sitting there, her eyes reverting back to normal. She looks around to see the empty room. Shit. It's customary for new salvage scouts to go in on their own. A squid ship lodged in this massive cavern. You see a beholder. It is interlopers! Ravnus, as you kind of lay there thinking about the situation, why didn't anybody make a big deal about the man that you met? Was there a man? No, there mustn't have been. You know, I said I was ready and then realized I didn't even have my <laughs> DAW pulled up to record. Well, you were ready to be like a serious professional and everybody else was just not on board with that. No. Yeah. Why would we be? We were all physically ready, but not mentally ready. You were the opposite. <laughs> yes. And sense. I was the one that has like four pages of notes for just the session. Hmm. Boy, oh boy. It's going to be a long one. No, it's just going to be a dense one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's going to be very fair. thick. <laughs> very thick <laughs> not like a nice thick session <laughs> the, the appropriate term is viscous uh, yeah. <laughs> is it though? Oh, a real molassesy <laughs> session I feel I, like these analogies are getting lost in the sauce I do I make my sessions with molasses instead of brown sugar it gives it a different consistency <laughs> mashed potatoes and molasses ew is that, is it's just potatoes and molasses Nicholas See, I was just going to go with, like, drinking marinara as an analogy to the show, but mashed potatoes and molasses. It's so much sweeter than algebra class. Oh, it's that damn song from that one time. <laughs> I remember it now. Okay. What? I'm on board. It's Somebody submitted it for Music League once. It was me. Okay, yeah, Fiona was. did it. I'm glad I didn't say some chode like I was going did, to. Did I miss something? <laughs> It's, oh, from, it's from over the garden wall. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Uh, no, Tanner, you just you're never on the Discord, which is fine. Yeah. Our listeners are. That's right. Projectderail.com slash Discord for all the latest and greatest in garbage you don't give a shit about. <laughs> yeah, hey, that was a great plug. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It was so weird to just sit here and observe that happen. <laughs> I'm a professional podcaster too. <laughs> I do it once a month. It's, it's easy to forget. Mm, true. <laughs> finding me on the discords is like finding a shiny in pokemon like it's exceptionally mm. rare uh, 
<laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was specifically for our our music league game, which was like some it was something like curse songs to come up on the like sexy times playlist. And yeah, I submitted uh, potatoes and molasses from over the garden wall. <laughs> Such a great pick. <laughs> well, like I said, this episode is going to be dense. So, do we want to jump right in? Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. And this is the last episode of the chapter, guys. Wow. wow. Here we, we are. We did it. It's been a year recording this chapter, Jesus. even though like four days passed in game. <laughs> Finally, yeah. the death of the Dilf. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> you guys already left Dilf Planet. It's behind you. We're just yeah. wrapping up loose ends. That's fair. Okay. It's it's a memoriam for the Dilf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The Voidfarer has now left the planet Delphos behind. (laughs) On to planet (laughs) G-Delph, please. (laughs) After fighting Kazath down on the planet, stopping him from using his found life jammer helm to escape, and defeating him only to detect a looming mind flayer presence that was closing in on you. Val brought down the Voidfarer to pick you up, and escaped just in time to see the dam that existed on the one end of the city burst by some strange purple explosion flooding and freezing over the city. And then, as you departed, a Val setting a course back to Nadir Anchorage, Marco, you learned that your old friend Hannah had arrived on the deck of the Voidfair the day prior. Although she does appear a little different now, but we will pick up with, I think, Marco and Hannah sitting in the galley, a pint of ale in front of each, catching up. So I think that this is going to start off as Hannah and Marco are sitting together at the table, and Marco has been muttering to himself for about a minute, trying to think in his own mind how all of this is possible. Yeah, so you're like muttering to yourself about this. I feel like you're looking into the middle distance and Hannah just kind of like leans forward into your line of sight. If you have questions, now's the time to ask them. Huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, I mean, there was just a, a lot to think about. Um, okay, let's, um, hmm, let's start off with the first one. Um, how did you get here? How are you here? I mean, I can, I can maybe guess that you, you know, took the same method I did to get to the Rock of Brawl, but I mean. Not exactly. Okay, you did not do that. Um, <laughs> I'll explain. You yeah. vanished, and I i had no way of knowing where you could have gone. Um, I immediately started poring over what notes that you left behind back in Waterdeep. Um, eventually, I went to Candlekeep, because you got that, that package from them. Searching for more in questions. Clearly, you were looking into things in space, but... Um, Based to my abilities, what whisked you away was some sort of teleportation, conjuration-type magic, and you could be anywhere in the multiverse. I... I mean, short of any real leads on where you could have gone, I sort of, you know, the whole needle in a haystack thing? Uh, Candlekeep didn't really provide any specific answers. Lots of information, but nothing that was helpful. I met an interesting individual um, who claimed to not be from Toral, who was also visiting Candlekeep on business of his own. I explained to him that I was looking for you and that you could be anywhere, and he said that he was from 
a city called Sigil. The City of Doors, he called it. And you could be anywhere in the multiverse, and from Sigil, you would just be a door away. It would just be a, a matter of finding which one. Um, so I agreed to do some favors for him in exchange for his help, um, and he took me to Sigil. And there I made contacts and resources trying my best to divine where you were and i'll tell you what it's like you were off the fucking map like you know i tried sending you messages one of the first things i did i mean granted it took me like two months before i finally got to sigil and had access to the resources to be able to do such things but scrying didn't work sending didn't work i didn't know why I mean, I know now you're here in Crotspace. Crotspace is weird. Do you know how weird Crotspace is? Um, I had an idea of it, but I didn't think it would be that weird that it would end a sending spell or fail it. Yeah, like, so it's no secret that this sphere was, like, sealed off for a long time. Like, there are very few individuals on Sigil that are old enough to remember a time when it wasn't. Um, and what's strange is, is that, like, not only could you not physically enter, but you couldn't plane shift in there either. Like, this thing is sealed off. It's like it doesn't exist. Um, and even now it's not sealed anymore, there still seems to be some sort of residual barrier. So and, I mean, I was only really able to make contact when you entered a strange liminal astral space. Ah, uh, yes, yes, down in Adilfos, I remember that. Yes, and then I saw you! And, oh, that explains a lot. So... So, what were you, like... Like, it, it like, I, I was catching you pop in and out. Um, I, I don't understand what you were doing to do that, but I happened to be looking a couple times when it happened, just enough to try and get a message out. Hmm. Well, um, I was looking into, um, Illithids. She nods. Squid. Right. Um. Wh what about them? Okay, so what did you hear whenever I just said that? You're looking for information about Illithids. Okay, yes. Um, let's try another one. I find that Illithids currently pose an active and present danger to our entire civilization and way of life. Oh. What'd you hear there? Are you playing a prank on me? You were never good at pranks. Um, I wish I was. Because, um... Oh, I thought I was okay with that one. Oh, well. Um, this, yes, um... So you heard everything I said. Yeah, like, I mean, Illithids are not to be fucked with. And you're saying that there's an active threat that's threatening everything? Okay, okay. It is odd, because there is a current active Illithid threat, an entire civilization that wiped out the Kratorian Empire, the thing that I've been working on all this time, and it turns out that this threat could potentially reap the entire galaxy once again. Just cull us, like, you know, like this, um, harvest, if you will. And... Just like they did with the Kratorians, just wipe their entire civilization um, off the off the plane. They might actually do that now. However, here's the funny, interesting, and very frustrating part. Nobody else here, with the exception of me, she nods, Ravnus, uh -huh. Flapwing, and now you, 
they don't hear us even say Illithid. They don't hear us say Mind Flayer. They don't hear us say Active Threat. The only time they ever hear it is whenever there is this vague, amorphous idea that at one point Mind Flayers existed. But if you actually try to talk about them existing now, it is like this gigantic, like, memory alteration spell that makes them hear GIF or Doar or... Something else. Loxodon, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, anything other than Illithid. So you're saying that the, this, this active threat is actively in the minds of everyone you interact with and constantly manipulating them to obfuscate its presence, movements, any knowledge of it? Yes. Well, that's fuck. She yes. she takes a deep breath and she goes, well, what the fuck did you stumble onto? <laughs> a lot, apparently. I mean, it's very fascinating stuff. Well, well, I well, mean... I, I, I'm confused. I mean, I, I mean, since we last saw each other, I've kind of come across some new abilities and stuff she kind of says absentmindedly kind of scratching near her left eye where which is the eye is now different and there's like the markings around it almost like tiger stripes that afford me some protections against stuff like that um and other things we don't need to get into it but uh what what's why are you three you and your new friends able to resist this manipulation I was going to get to that, actually. I mean, it looks very cool what you did, um, but it seems like more than just an aesthetic choice. Uh, yeah, I didn't do... Th- well, I guess in a way I did, but it's not important. Yeah, you told me about that whenever we were in that kind of liminal space sort of thing. I want, I want to know more about that later. I, I don't remember what you mentioned. It was like some group, but... Um, oh, the sensates. They're not important. This is actually something different. Oh, interesting. Well, I would like to know about your eye and the sensates because that sounds fascinating. I need to know more about all of your journeys because it just sounds very cool. But um, yes, um, back to the matter at hand. End of the world. Um, when you say you, that you want to hear about her journeys and stuff, she kind of like smirks to herself and shakes her head a little bit. No, continue. Yes, yes. Um, okay, what was the question again? <laughs> You're all over the place. I see you haven't changed. Um. I, I'm excited. I mean, you know, my my best friend in the world is actually alive, sitting next to me. Um, it's a lot to take in. Uh-huh. So, best friend in the world, but you didn't even try to reach out? <laughs> I mean, I'm not Oof. mad about it. Not anymore. Like, I shouldn't have been surprised, but well, it's just, I guess, weird for me to hear you say that I'm your best friend in the world, but then your actions kind of tell a different story. Uh, of course you're my best friend in the world. I mean, y- you were like my only friend in the world. And I mean, I did try to contact you. I spent a little while, on, I-, I spent some time on the Rock of Brawl trying, but it didn't seem like that was the case. And well, you know, you had so much going on back on Twirl and I, I didn't want to like hold you back from that. You, you never held me back. I, <laughs> you know, it's it's not important. I'm very confused right now, <laughs> Marco. <laughs> the reason that I, you know, was so interested in in everything you were doing and wanted to 
hang out with you and be around with you, help you study, go on that expedition with you. I mean, yeah, it's all fascinating stuff, but like, I didn't know how much I really believed that there were civilizations flying around the stars, but you were excited about it. And that made me excited about it for you because I cared about you. I still do, but I guess not in the same way. I, I don't know. I, I, it's in, in the time that's passed, I've come to terms that you don't feel the same way about me as I felt about you. And that's okay. What are you talking about? Marco, I was in love with you. An arrow 404 message just comes across <laughs> the screen. <laughs> uh, Marco just stares dumbfounded for a second. It's it's okay. I swear, I don't know if you are the smartest idiot or dumbest genius I have ever met. Oh, my friends have told me that. It's... <laughs> I've come to terms with it, Marco. It's okay. I'm not... Oh, wait. This is all new information to me. I don't even... What? And I... <laughs> um... What? I... Um... <laughs> Uh, Hannah, that's, um, I don't even know what that feeling is. I suspected as much. It's not unwelcome. I'm just confused. And and it's not entirely your fault. I mean, I could have said something. Um, I tried to in lots of different ways, but none that really seemed to connect. And I should have been more up front and I wasn't so you're not entirely to blame okay um, I don't want you to feel bad either well no um listen it's not to say this is unwelcome I just don't understand it I (laughs) I how about this let's put that on the back burner and we'll get back to the you know universe ending threat yes yes let's that makes more sense to me that boggles my mind, but <laughs> regardless. <laughs> um, listen, um, let's table that conversation for later, but before we move on, um, I want to say that I'm really sorry. Um, I've had com- before we even go any further with anything, it, it, I guess it should be said, um, I was a fool to to think anything that I thought in those days in the Rock of Brawl that, you know, it was better that you didn't have me around and that I didn't take your feelings into account. I've learned a lot about myself over the past however long I've been out here. She nods. And I'm really sorry. I care about you. No matter what, you are, like, the most important person in my life. And... I want to, that to stay that way, especially since you're here now. You're st- sit- sitting in front of me. Um, but, yes, I'm sorry. I forgive you, Marco. And I feel much the same. And I kind of followed you to the end of the multiverse. Not because of the feelings I had, but because I knew you'd probably get yourself killed eventually if I wasn't there. <laughs> she says with a smile. I've gotten surprisingly lucky so far. I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> there was a, a beholder. There was a giant worm. A murderer was on here. Uh, it was a lot. Yeah, I look forward to hearing all of it. Oh, I was in a blood sport, too. Oh. I actually did okay. <laughs> wow. 
Was it I against like a like a little like sickly gnome or something? <laughs> oh no, no, a massive giant guy and um well either way there were no rules so I basically teleported and threw ice snipe at him until he punched me. Okay, that tracks. <laughs> I mean, I was like picturing you going like blow to blow fisticuffs and I'm like you have to be shitting me. Well, that's what I asked. I said, "Can I do anything?" and they said, "Yeah." So I was like, "Well, I have I have ice knives." <laughs> well. <laughs> but uh yeah, either way, um We'll we'll work on all of that later, but for now, let's try to save the world. Sounds like a plan. Flapwing and Ravness, uh, it's been um, about half a day since you guys got back on the Void Fair and have long put Adilfos behind you. Was there anything that you guys wanted to immediately do um, upon returning? Anybody you wanted to check up with? Um, uh, or, or anything to that effect before uh, you inevitably get conscripted by Marco to start uh, digging into some of the knowledge that you guys found. So uh, I would like to catch Hannah in the hallway at some point, not like have a sit down with her, but just like mm-hmm. a chance uh, sort of like when I see her sort of thing. Yeah, I'll say it's... It's probably sometime after the conversation that she had with Marco, which I kind of feel has happened like kind of immediately. Okay. Um, I, I find it hard to believe Marco would have let any time pass between oh, the no, reunion no. and like chatting about stuff. Yeah. That was um, like 45 minutes after we like punched and hugged in the fucking brig. That, that tracks. Yeah. You catch Hannah moseying around the ship, kind of getting acquainted with it. Great. On the quarter deck. Sure. Um, I pass her and I say, uh, hey, um, Hannah, right? Yes, uh, Flapwing, right? I mean, yep, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, um, just, you're, you're Marco's friend, right? Yes. So, friend, yes. You, okay. All right, you're just, you're, you look different than I thought you would. How did you think <laughs> I would? I don't know. He's just, kind of like bookish, maybe? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, you look kind of badass, and he's Marco, <laughs> and anyway, that's uh, neither- I did, spend, I did spend a non-significant amount of time in the City of Doors, um, which, you know, is a kind of strange and eclectic place, and uh, a mishmash of cultures from across the multiverse, uh, so I mean, that might have had something to do with it. Um, I see you read a lot of the pamphlets while you were there, huh? Yeah, I kind of portaled into their tourist uh, center. Yeah, you sound uh, like the a, welcome center. a commercial. I mean, it sounds cool. It makes me want to visit. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, yeah, yeah. just did you. So that was when you found us. Yes. Was that a mistake or was that intentional? No, it was intentional. I was seeking out Marco and we managed to make a brief, tenuous link um, where I was able to get a sending spell to him. Um, and he told me to meet him on the Void Fair. And I'll tell you what, it wasn't easy getting here. It's This sphere is weird, and you kind of... It's very difficult to just sort of plane shift in and land where you want. Right, yeah. Um, so I actually had to uh, plane shift to a nearby ship and be ferried here. Wow. Entering the ship conventionally, to which then I could teleport directly to the deck of the Void Fair. That's that's a lot. Okay, well that's yep. um, cool. I get. Wait, who was the captain of the other ship? Is this anybody we know? I feel like the universe is actually pretty small. 
Um, in fact, uh, I was only there like three days, and he was a dick. And uh, got for that, it. No, exactly. I have chosen who it was. not to remember his, no, his name. No, he looked like he doesn't uh, deserve it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of a, a pompous. Uh, no, I know who this is. We're fine. Um, gotcha. Okay. Um, All right. Well, hey, that uh, that uh, that answers my question. It was purposeful, huh? Yes. Okay. All right. That that's all I need. And uh, hey, thanks for keeping him alive. Yeah. No, that uh, that that tracks. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I um, this is silly, but uh, I, but you you gotta go easy on him. I mean, I know you probably know him better than I do, but like, <laughs> you know, he's awkward, and whatever happened, he didn't mean to do whatever it was he got enough shit for not contacting you from us so don't say anything to him about that it's, it's all right we've already discussed it. oh shoot and i meant to talk to you earlier okay it's it's okay um i've sorry long forgiven him i've long forgiven him but she kind of leans in and thanks for giving him shit for me yeah oh gosh yeah no how could we not um okay well um it's good to meet you. Um, I can't believe that it was intentional and not accidental. Why? Well, I. What are the odds of accidentally stumbling? I like. Uh, I, I motion to uh to Merrick who's swabbing the deck, and I'm like, well, higher than you'd expect. Weirdly, <laughs> I mean, what I found is that like, you know what? These things always. Okay, for, forgive me for a sec. These things always sound better in another accent. Well, you realize that... Uh, see, we're not talk like this. <laughs> she raises her eyebrows. <laughs> Everything just sounds like it has a little more gravity, so you'll have to excuse me. Friends, friends tend to find each other. Some pairings are just fated to be, but when you love someone, well, that's something you have to work for. I'm on my way to someone I love right now, and... Uh, I understand that love takes work, so I was just, you know, it's a quick and dirty question as to, you know, what your intentions are. When when you say you're on your way to <laughs> someone you love now, she, like, does a double take in the direction you looked before, which is Merrick, and, like, nods. <laughs> you are getting entirely the wrong suggestion about what I'm saying. That was an accident. Accidents are for friends. Intentionality is for lovers. All right, I'm leaving this conversation. But imagine how stupid that would have sounded in this voice. I ship it. <laughs> yeah, she 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 laughs and she says, "I think I understand." Yeah, all right. Oh, nice to meet you, anyway. <laughs> nice to meet you as well. I walk away and I say, "Man, Marco, you lucky dog." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Ravness. Ravness. Do you know anything um, in particular? Yeah, she wants to talk about the Shasaku with yeah. um what's his ass shit. Uh, Renzar. <laughs> Renzar. Yeah, thank I you. I almost said Kazath and I'm like, no, decidedly. <laughs> yeah, not I was him. like I was like, it's not Kazath, <laughs> it's not Heron. Like, what the fuck is yeah, his name? Renzar. Um, Renzar. We've only been with him for a year. Um so yeah, she's going to go find uh Renzar wherever he may be. Yeah, um, Rinzar is actually at the uh, very uh, front of the ship at the prow, um, sitting cross-legged, actually on the gang rail, which 
seems dangerous to you considering you've fallen off the ship untethered once. <laughs> uh, he's facing out front, meditating, it seems. Hi. Ravnus, have you considered my offer? Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. He'll swing one of his legs down and use it to kind of rotate down his seat and then assumes the same kind of cross-legged position, but now facing you. Sure. Do you have any questions or... I'll still be able to work here, like you said, right? I don't see why not. Um, and in fact, what I've seen of your companions, it seems as if their goals are not too terribly dissimilar from our own. Yeah. So, I want to do it. He smiles and he says, Good. I'm glad. And I'll have you know that I had a conversation with Ezerath, and she also agreed. All right. So what do we need to do then? As soon as we get back to Nadir Anchorage, I will attempt to make contact with my associates. Let them know that I've recruited two new prospective members and see if they have any information regarding any known illithid movements, especially around Krat space. Okay, sounds good. And uh, I'll keep you updated from there. All right. And she walks away. <laughs> Nothing else to be said. <laughs> he nods and continues meditating. All right. Um, Marco. Yes. Um, I think that after a little bit of tinkering, I would have like told Ravnus and Luckbeak to, like, meet me as somewhere as, like, private as we could possibly get. So, like, what's a mostly private place on the ship? Um, the most private is probably gonna be... Like, so you could probably make arrangements with, like, um... Johannes to like use the map room when he's not using it or even Val to like maybe try to use like her her office I mean considering it's something of importance uh or Brohan's shop but you know or anyone's quarters if you if you talk to them to make arrangements okay I think I would have maybe like leaned on Johannes out of those would be the one I think that Marco would go to Marco just like opens the door to the map room looks at Johannes hey do you think I could have like this room for like an hour uh like now um any time in the near future when you're not using it. I mean, I could be done now. There's papers and stuff spread out everywhere, and, like, the little hologram-generating map that you guys recovered is active and projecting crot space up through it. And it looks like he's in the middle of, like, four different calculations. But when you say, like, can you use it, he, like, swipes everything to the side, and he's like, sure! Um, <laughs> okay, um... When you go down, could you tell Ravnus and um, Flapwing to meet me here? Of course. Thank you. Yeah, so some time passes. Johannes gets both of your attention and tells you that Marco wants to talk to you about something in the map room. Okay, I go. Let's let's go. Yeah. So uh, you guys are standing around the, the charting room table. Um, okay, so... You're probably wondering why I gathered you here today. <laughs> why do you do this every time? <laughs> <laughs> well, to start, um, Hannah told me that she loves me, and I don't know what to do with that information. Yeah, come on, dummy. <laughs> what do you What do you want to do? How, how does one approach that? 
Do you like her? Fuck it. Do we need to give you like a little piece of paper that says check yes or no? Do you like her? (laughs) Well, no, the point is it's not the matter of whether or not that I have feelings. I mean, she's like the most important person in my life for the longest time. And I mean, like, even whenever, no offense to the two of you, but even whenever I was with the two of you, I'll be like, wow, I'd really like to spend time with her. And I also need to change the name of my hamster. Um, Oh, yeah. We'll we'll worry about that later. Um, But regardless, I don't know anything else beyond that I'm cool with this. Hmm. Why do you need to change the name of the hamster? The name... Tashi was named after her, Al, because I thought that she had passed away and it was to honor her, but she's alive, so now it's really weird. And I do admit that it might be a little weird beforehand, but here we are now. (laughs) 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 And I thought about naming it um, Squeakers, but then something, you know... But then I ended up being covered in fluff in the middle of my bed, so that was out. Hmm. So I need to work on that later, but... Um, we didn't hear it because it's going to happen in post, but there was just a Family Guy-style cutaway to that moment, <laughs> and now we're back. <laughs> yeah, like holding a, the artist formerly known as Tashi in my hand. Hey, hey rap <laughs> like, this. Huh, remember the time I woke up in bed with squeakers? <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, you can see like Flapwings like on a hammock and I'm just like, huh, how about squeakers? And then just boom. <laughs> uh, All right, and we're back. Okay, yes. Um, yeah, so how do I, um, I guess the term would be date. How does one date? Oh, boy. I'll have to say I was not preparing for Marco relationship advice in my notes, <laughs> um, but I'm here for it. <laughs> it is. I'll, I'll, we'll circle back to the important stuff. I promise. <laughs> uh, I I don't think I'm the right person to ask. But you're like my best friend. Both of you are. So it, you go to your friends for help. Well, I'm totally the right person to ask. But you're not gonna like the answer. <laughs> I mean, which is adventurers. Adventurers don't date, bud. I mean, people date. Adventurers have adventures. I mean, I hate to say that, you know, our job involves being workaholics, but like, I don't know. I, I mean, even as close as me and Tiana are, I don't, I don't know if we're dating. I mean, we're, we'd like each, but, but you're trying to make this black and white, and you're giving me an anxiety attack. Just go okay. with the flow. I understand. So I asked the wrong people about this. Yeah, so yeah. I'll have to go and ask. Uh... I don't know. I'll probably ask Scuttlebutt later. He should know something. He seems like he is quite popular. <laughs> uh, either way, though, I appreciate all of your assistance, but now I'm going to go and get Hannah because we need to figure out what's on these crystals. We need to figure out especially about some of our former memories as well, especially after all we learned. Um, I'll be right back. And he runs out the door. Okay. What are we? Um, Ravness is going to turn to Luckbeak and say, "I think we handled that wrong." Yeah, we did a really bad job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> sometimes you hit and sometimes you miss. It's fine. Hey everyone, Nick Yorsiva here, your Dungeon Master and Sentient Cob of Corn. 
Thanks for listening to this finale of Chapter 6 of Tales of the Voidfarer. This chapter has been a long road, but we were finally at its end. A quick update before I get into the usual announcements. With the completion of Chapter 6, we are going to be going on a short release hiatus before starting Chapter 7. This is to give everybody a bit of a breather and will allow us to get back out in front of our production schedule so there will be less episode delays once we return. The first episode of Chapter 7 will land on January 3rd, 2023. I know, I know it's months away, but we are still going to have an Uncharted Q&A episode on October 18th, and we're going to release an Interludes episode before the end of the year where we'll catch up on some familiar faces around Crotspace. Speaking of Voidfarer Uncharted, send us your questions for Saker, Fiona, Tanner, our producer, story consultant Tom, and myself on Facebook, Twitter, and the Derail Discord, and we will answer them on the show. We will try to answer as many as we can, but to ensure that we answer your question on the episode, you can join our Project Derailed Patreon, because all patrons have priority questions in these episodes. It's Con on the Cob Week. The Project Derailed team and many of the charismatic nerds that you know and love from across our podcasts will be at our favorite quirky little nerd and gaming con here in the Cleveland area. We're not doing any live shows this year, but we are hosting a free Cape Chronicles-themed party Saturday night, featuring a live performance by 2D6, Saker and Cliff's nerdcore band. Con on the Cob is October 6th through the 9th in Richfield, Ohio. Come out and game and party with us. It's not too late to get in on the fun, so go to cononthecob.com for more information. If you are enjoying Tales of the Voidfarer and all the other content we create here at Project Derailed, we'd be incredibly appreciative if you considered supporting us over on Patreon. Now with a single $5 subscription tier, get access to patron-exclusive Discord channels, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole extra podcast where the Derailed team just sits around and chats about whatever. And we know not everyone is able to pitch in, but you can always support the show at no cost to you by leaving a review on iTunes or simply spreading the word on social media. And as always, just thanks for listening. Visit patreon.com slash project derailed if you'd like to subscribe. You should give us a follow on our social media if you haven't already, at Voidfarer Podcast on Facebook and at Voidfarer Pod on Twitter. Cape Chronicles Season 2 is premiering tomorrow at the time of this release on October 5th. What foes will Falcon Girl, Remix, Royale, and Quasi-Raptor face this time? Catch new episodes of our superhero hijinks every first and third Wednesday of the month, and stick around to the end of the episode for a trailer. Our next season of Fables Around the Table is titled Brass, and features GM Chelsea Rexinger as she weaves an apocalyptic steampunk tale for Fiona L.F. Kelly, myself, and Fables newcomer Maeve Fox playing Rebels of the Outlaw Wastes by Nerdy Pup Games, launching soon on Kickstarter. Episode 0 is out now, and Episode 1 is coming Wednesday, October 12th. We will see you in the wastes. Come hang out with us over at the Project Derailed Community Discord, where we are always there hanging out, sharing memes, and playing games. You can get there by going to projectderailed.com discord. Theme song and other original music by Tom Goldthwaite with additional music by purple-planet.com. We'll be back answering your questions in a derailed Uncharted episode on Tuesday, October 8th. See you then. Hannah, come here. I need your help with something. Oh, um, okay.
just takes her by the hand and just like pulls her towards the room. Okay. <laughs> and then there's like slow motion them running through the hallways and you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, all, it's a whole scene. <laughs> but either way, the door opens back up and he just kind of comes in like with like Hannah in tow. It's like, all right, so now that we're all together. Hannah's going to look at Ravness and say, Ravness, right? I don't think we formally met. Yeah. Hi. I'm Hannah. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you what I told Flapwing. Um, thanks for keeping him alive. And she nods to Marco. It seems like she has no qualms with saying that in front of Marco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem. Oh, no, they, they both kept me alive a lot. She'll look back to Marco. All right, well, um, what are we doing? All right, well, um, this machine I was able to get in the office of Galenus Prolego. Um, um, yeah, it's the cognition shard device, this portable nimnoptotron. Uh, Marco has laid this device out with several, like, small cinder shard pieces. Um, basically, it functions like the same type of machine that we were using before on Adilphos. It more or less, like, basically kind of creates this, like, alternate reality using cinder shard to kind of cast a memory. And you can ask that memory a number of different questions. Um, but the point being is that we have a memory that might be very odd, and I need to figure out a way to, like, investigate that memory. Hannah will, uh, speak up and say, wait, this, you were using this kind of device that allows you to kind of distill thoughts and examine thoughts and memories in a liminal space? Yeah, yes, yes. Well, actually, the one time we talked was whenever I was being attacked by the Elder Brain, but, um... We actually saw each other in one of these spaces, in one of these shards, where we were talking with someone who knew information about Illithids. Oh, also, you two. She she knows. She can hear about Illithids. She knows about Mind Flayers. Y yeah. Does the thing work with her, too? Oh. What thing? I try to transfer one HP to her. It does not work. Yeah. Ow. It, it probably has something to do with her really, like, cool-looking... Eye and, and new, like, you know, <laughs> tattoo and whatnot. Um, it's technically not a tattoo. It, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, no, I, I've, yeah, I've picked up some tricks um, and some rudimentary kind of passive, you know, defensive stuff. Sigil's a weird place, let me tell you. So, um, well, uh, I think the reason we were able to connect when you were going into these things is um, the connection was going over the astral plane. The astral is like a realm of thought, um, so that when you were basic, your essence was basically distilled to nothing but thought. It made the signal strong enough to pierce the weird fuckery that is going on with the sphere. And perhaps when you were being assaulted by whatever entity assaulted you, it pulled you into a similar space. Yes, yes, of course. So, um, the point being that we have a lot of things we need to uncover that we weren't able to do so while we were on a Dilfo, so I'm hoping that we can do so now. And, um, Hannah, we're gonna need your help. Okay. Uh, just tell me what I need to do. Um, well, whenever we go into this space, our, we basically, like, leave our bodies. Um. Like an astral projection sort of thing. Yeah, that, that tracks. Y yes, yes. Um, but whenever we need someone to help like pull us back out like it's it's very difficult to like free yourself from this state without somebody to watch after us okay so 
If you could just watch after us, that would that would be amazing. I think I can manage that. All right, perfect. Um, okay, so whenever we were on Adilphos, we had a a questionable something questionable about our past happened. Something to do with the beholder that we fought. Do you remember? Yeah, of okay. of course I remember. Well, I think we should probably explore that memory because it seems like there was something very off about it and something about like a man yeah like an odd man or what was it like an elderly gith yeah the old gith yeah and you asked me a long time ago didn't you uh whenever we were last on a deer anchorage about like seeing an old man and that's odd yeah yeah so I was thinking the first thing that we could do before we tried to kind of explore some of the other sender shards is to try to take that memory and condense it into one of these sender shards and investigate it to see what we actually see and we might actually see what actually happened. If we can do that, that would be incredible. Nick, can I figure out how to actually like make one of these memory crystals? Like, I think you probably spent a decent amount of time fiddling with it just in the little shorter bit of time since getting back. With Cyrus's assistance, you could figure it out. Cyrus didn't know a whole lot about it, but he did know, like, the basics of how it works. And between, like, your, you know, just basic knowledge of magic and his little bit of insight into the technology, you were able to figure it out. Okay. So basically, like, you can place unencoded crystals into the device, switch it to a certain setting, and while a person is touching the device and recalling a memory, an event, or a span of time, and the device is activated, it will encode onto that crystal. You guys have to do it one at a time, but then when all three crystals of the same event from like all three of you are placed into the device and then activated in the other setting, it'll create a facsimile of that event. And using all three of you will create a higher fidelity recreation of the event than if just simply one of you was doing it. Yeah. yeah. All right, I got to get my little thing in tune to like the Ravnus, Luckbeak, and Marco station. By our powers combined. <laughs> All right, so basically we can take some of the cinder shard that I went down and got from the hold. Um, each of us touches the shard and we're trying to think of the same memory. The memory of us fighting the Beholder. Um, I will find the right frequency on the device, and that should encode the memory inside, and then we can investigate it. Um, by the three of our uh, memories combined, we can get a full account of what actually transpired on that day. Okay. Okay. Um, all right, Flapwing, how about you first? Okay. Flapwing touches it. Yeah, the device, which looks like uh, it's like circular um, with like slots for a dozen crystals around the outside, a smaller version of like the brazier like device that was mounted to like a pedestal that you saw down on the planet. And with the single crystal in one of the slots and touching it and Marco activates it and you think of that moment and you feel like a tingliness from like the center of your forehead and a wispy glowing strand kind of shoots out of your forehead into the crystal. And for a moment, Ravnus, that strand looks almost exactly like one of your encode thought strands that you can pull out of your hair. Okay. And then the tingliness fades and the machine stops whirring. And now that crystal has a faint glow to it. Fantastic. All right, Flapwing, thank you. Yeah. Uh, 
I guess. That worked perfect and no problems. <laughs> Great. So I imagine that you repeat that process two more times, uh, once for Marco, once for Avnis? Correct, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So now you have the three glowing crystals. Marco, you switch the device to the setting, the frequency to create a facsimile from the installed shards. Okay, um, Hannah, just, um, this shouldn't take long, but whenever um, you hear my voice again, uh, just be sure to pull this out. Got it. Uh, here we go. Should you guys be sitting? Yes. First, oh. if you... Yes, yeah. that's right. We should be sitting. Thank you. <laughs> I was wondering what that lump on his head was, and it kind of all clicked into place there <laughs> in that second. Of course. Yes, yes. Good idea. Um, <laughs> Johannes has chairs around here somewhere. Yeah, the, there's chairs in the around. <laughs> yeah. All right, like brush off like some more papers that are on the, on the <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. chairs. Like, okay, um, here we go then. We all carefully sit down this time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then we go in and I fall forward out of the chair. <laughs> Smack your head on the table. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, now the only thing left to do is to basically flip a switch, Marco. All right. And click. Now, you guys remember this feeling where, like, basically the world around you fades and, like, falls away and the new environment kind of in layers almost renders itself around like you're entering, a like, a digital simulation. Um, there is one key difference that happens now, though, because every time you have traveled into one of these memory facsimiles, it's always been into the memory of somebody else. This time, since the three of you are traveling into your own memory, you are now witnessing the events through your own perspective. You are immediately in this frozen, melting cave, entering this comet that was recently discovered and beginning to melt as it travels deeper within the center of Crotspace. Brohane and Val are waiting on the black fin that had parked itself on an outcropping at the mouth of the cave. And you're standing in front of a giant eight foot diameter skull with a single empty eye socket and 10 holes equally spaced around its cranium and a giant toothy mouth and a human-sized pirate hat that seems to have aged to the point of near disintegration no doubt preserved slightly by the ice that has recently thawed around it and uh, within the ice you see fragments of what looks like an ancient strangely metallic ship um bowl-shaped that may have been a ship that not just this beholder but the others came from as well as there are several other beholder skulls about you eerily continue past flapwing you notice or not flapwing luckbeak mm. <laughs> you notice a strange blue slug kind of creeping along the one wall but otherwise keeping to itself and eventually the cavern opens up into this massive internal chamber a squid ship open decked with a wooden battering ram made out of twisted tentacles sticking out the front the back of the ship splaying out into squid-like fins a human ship that just happens to look like a squid not to be confused with the ship that is piloted by squids <laughs> 
Spelljammer's weird. <laughs> uh, this is not an illithid ship. This is just like a human-made, reiterating that again. Um, and the tentacles of the ship span this chasm that seems to almost go all the way through this rocky, icy comet. And you guys cross. Marco almost falls. Flapwing, you fashion a chain of clothes to help Ravnus cross, damaging your nice silk clothes. <laughs> And now you stand on the deck of the ship, a catapult fashioned near the front, veins of cinder shard inlaid into the ground. And uh, you guys are on the deck. Uh, sorry, forgive me, Nick, but we should be role-playing as we were then? Or are we yeah. aware that we are... No, you're not aware that you're being... Yeah, okay. That this is a memory. This is, okay. this, is the, this is the events as they happened. Okay. 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 Um, well... So, and to remind you, to, at this point, you're you're basically only here to, like, scout and salvage. You guys being sent in alone as a bit of a test as the newest recruits of the Void Fair. Marco will say, like, visibly winded. You know, I know we're new on the ship, but uh, Val's asking quite a lot, don't you think? Yeah, well, guess we gotta prove our worth somehow, don't we? A cinder shard um, could fetch a high a high salvage, I think. I know at least that much. This uh, this boat looks like it hasn't been looked at in a long, long time. I bet you there's still some delightful things under this deck that we could take a look at. Marco, out of the corner of your eye, with your passive perception, you notice something strange. As you're standing here on the deck of the ship near the front because you just crossed on the, the front battering ram of the of the ship um, near the center of the deck on the top deck you see a strange distortion in the air and as like you notice out of the corner of your eye and as you look closer it almost looks like the kind of distortion that like rising heat would give off but it's not behaving that way it almost seems isolated in a like half spherical dome on the deck of the ship um, not even, like, realizing, um, that he has, like, his, like, compatriots here. I think Marco's in natural, like, inclination is to go and investigate it, so he's gonna start approaching it, looking oddly at it. Yeah, it's not hot. You can see through it, but it's distorted. It still kind of ripples, and even, like, as you approach, like, the your displacement of air around it seems to affect it. But it doesn't seem solid. You could potentially pass through it. Um, I will. Yeah. Uh, Luckbeak and Ravnus, you see Marco see something, walk over to it, stop for a second, take another step and vanish. Well, <laughs> this is going to be difficult to explain to Val. <laughs> but you guys do notice the distortion, especially when Marco passes through it. You see that there seems to be this like dome of disturbed air. Well, do, do you, you think that's safe? Probably not. Huh. Well... Do you want to go first or should I? I'm sorry. Why are we debating on first and second if we don't think it's safe? Aren't we supposed to come back with him? Was that the, uh... Was that what we were supposed to do? <laughs> I thought we were just supposed to scout and salvage. Yeah, but presumably we need to bring back the whole crew. <sighs> well then, uh, then I'm second. You go first. All right. 
And uh, she's going to go and uh, sort of look back at Luckbeak because she's not entirely sure he's actually going to follow. And then uh, go go to the distortion. Yeah. Luckbeak, you you watch Ravnus now vanish. Uh, I, uh, I take out a little switchblade or pocket knife or whatever and and chip away a bunch of cinder shards. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you get like two good, nice ice pieces and pocket them. I pocket it. We're not supposed to loot in this game. Hmm. (laughs) We Uh, leave all the shit there. Oh, I meant. uh, Luckbeak absolutely stole some the first time around. So actually, we're just, we're just maintaining continuity. We're closing the loop. I say, (laughs) one day I'm going to kill a dragon with this as I (laughs) load it in. Um, Okay. Uh, And then I like pout and I like take a fucking rip up a, a piece of floorboard and like poke the portal with it does the floorboard disappear do i disappear with it no um it you like you the floorboard touches it and you see like the distortion ripple and you can pull it back out and it it's doesn't safe? look affected yeah all it's safe. right i sigh and then i touch it yeah you well you have to walk through it but uh I yeah, you touch it, it. You, yeah you touch it nothing happens okay. and then yeah you, you can walk through it all right marco you pass through this barrier and you actually don't feel anything it doesn't actually have a feeling it's not warm or cold the air doesn't even appear to be moving it's just like you step past this threshold figures appear on the deck in front of you they seem to be sitting in a circle seven of them and one in the middle turns you see he has long white hair that goes down his back and a long white beard, yellow greenish skin with speckled dark brown spots around his eyes and kind of over his balding scalp. He's wearing like a utilitarian like tunic that looks very nice but is also very functional and he's sitting cross-legged kind of in the middle um you see seven figures in total they're all sitting cross-legged in a circle um but he's the only one that moves and as you kind of become acclimated with these figures that have just appeared on the deck the surroundings as well look the same um you can actually still see luckbeak and ravnus behind you but you can't hear what they're saying anymore and they don't appear to see you. <laughs> this aged Githzerai looks up and says, Thank the gods. Our plight was not in vain. That's when you notice that the six other individuals are not moving because they're not alive. They are like mummified husks that are still somehow sitting in the this like meditative-like position. Um, hello, uh, s- sir? Are you in need of assistance? We are all in need of assistance. That's when Ravnus walks through. And Ravnus, you see the same thing. This aged Githzerai stands. Is he a Githzerai or a Githyanki? He appears to be a Githzerai, but he's not wearing normal Githzerai attire. Okay. Which made him like a little bit hard to identify when you were just getting weird visions of him. Gotcha. But you do notice that even in their like kind of aged mummified type forms the other six appear to be made up of both Githzerai and Githyanki and Ravnus when you walk in the Gith looks up at you uh, and it appears that we have a disciple or one I would hope join you as well Um. it appears all is not lost after all 
disciple. I, I wouldn't. Uh, this is my associate. Um, at, um, I look back. I'm looking for like Luckbeak. You see Luckbeak prying Cinder Shard <sighs> out of the deck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll, um, yeah, um, yes, we are, um, we are part, we're crew of a ship, um, and we're here to, well, we were here to salvage, but, um, we can help you, please, um, uh, sir, um, what, what, what's going on here? Why are you here? I have been here for longer than I can remember. My name is Varsh Unamir. Ravnus, you would actually know Varsh is not a name, it's a title. It actually translates in Gith to Caretaker. And at that point, that's when, Luckbeak, you walk in and you see this. Um, just in time to hear this old Githzerai say his name. Oh. I am a great master of the Shasalku. Do I know what that is? Um, I don't think... Well, I guess Marco can make a history check. Okay. DC's probably going to be pretty high. It was a 16. 16? Yeah, no, you don't know. Okay. Um, but Ravnus definitely does. Yeah. I think that what we established with Rinzar was that she had, like, vaguely heard yeah, of something yeah. like that. Yeah, she heard of them, but... But didn't know, like, the details. Yeah. She knew it was some secret, like, society thing within the gif. I think it's, like, the equivalent of someone's, like, I'm a Freemason or, like, I'm a member of the Illuminati. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He'll continue. My order, the sect of the Sashoku that operated within Krat space, within the Kretorian Empire, learned of a plot. A plot we were not able to stop. A entity, a powerful entity, the most powerful a Gaic has ever risen to. Ravnus, you know that Gaic is a term for, the, like, gith term for a lithid. Gotcha. An entity that has surpassed even a typical elder brain. One whose influence was able to spread the entire system wide. We did not learn of it until it was too late. And we were sealed within with the entire civilization, unable to flee as it carried out with its legions of elithids, a hundred-year reaping of mines that would lead to the Kratorian's fall, leaving not a single soul behind except for us, us seven, that were able to preserve ourselves here in hope that Others would find us, that we can warn them and help them defeat this threat. He gestures around and says, We have fashioned a temporal bubble, a aspect in extension of the astral sea. Things are not as ageless here as the astral, as the material does intersect it, but it extends our lives and fortifies our minds against the relentless passing of time. He sadly looks to his six companions. However, these protections proved insufficient, and 
My companions' minds would eventually break one by one, leaving only I to carry on our task, carry the burden to pass this warning to those who would find us. This entity is so unprecedented that there is no name for it, but we have called it the, the Sovereign, Sovereign Mind. Sovereign I do not know the depths of its machinations, but I do not think that it will stop with the Kratorian Empire. If it wished to feed simply to survive, it would not have reaped the entire population in one fell swoop. For if a crop is harvested and the soil spent, then there will be nothing from which to grow more. No. Seeing as it did this, I fear that it sets its sights beyond crot space, potentially even the entire material plane. As it feeds on mines, it grows in intelligence and in potency. Sir, Mr. Mr. Unamir, um... Yes? Maybe we, we should go get somebody better suited for this? I mean... Unfortunately... It is not so simple. But we're just three pe- I'm a grad student, and, uh, <laughs> she is a capable warrior, and I mean, he is, um, I don't know what you are. Oh, come up with something, and- <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a very skilled bard? Yeah, close enough. <laughs> An, a skilled orator? <laughs> I'm a grad student, I can't make decisions. Um... But either way, uh, he's like, we're hardly like the, the saviors of the galaxy here. Varsh Unamar nods. Be that as it may, I'm afraid seeking others is not possible. You see, the Sovereign Mind has grown in power to such a degree that it has the ability to manipulate the minds of all that enter the sphere. Every thinking mind within Crot Space is susceptible to manipulation. It's memories and knowledge of the sovereign mind its machinations and plans will be erased and replaced with plausible alternatives this barrier that hides us from its sight has protected us and protects you as you stand here now but as you leave you will forget it will make you forget and with it it will learn what i have told you it will steal those experiences and those memories from your brain. I have a solution, however. There is a gith rite that I can bestow on the three of you. The ritual of Vezatikith. It is a specific ritual to bind warriors into a specialized rakma, a warrior band bestowing them with boons that make them especially effective against the Gaic. I would implore that you accept this right. It will protect you from the influence of the Sovereign Mind in time, but these boons will only come as your experiences together and your bond grows. That being said, until the bond can take hold, I will, in the process of the ritual, Lock these memories away so that the Sovereign Mind does not take them from you in the hope that down the line you will find a way to unlock them and learn what I have said here today. 
this might be the only way to save the entire multiverse. I do not ask it of you lightly. What say you? Doesn't seem to me like we have much of a choice now, do we? You always have a choice. It's unfortunate that this choice comes with dire consequences. And for that, I apologize. It is not fair. But if we say no, then what? Things just go away? I mean, the sovereign mind eats up everything? Potentially. I would hope that maybe others would pass, but none have come before you. And it has been thousands of years. You don't know how long you're going to last. And I do not know how much longer the Sovereign Mind needs to orchestrate its master stroke. No, then we don't have a choice. I'll do it. Anything to stop the squids. He nods and looks to the other two. Um, I guess I'm with Luckbeak. We don't have a choice. Um, and, well, I think you two are pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> so I guess it's our job to save the galaxy together. I'll, I'll do it. Very good. You said these memories are going to be locked away, right? Yes, for my protection and yours. I turn towards the other two and I say, I've never told anybody this, but this isn't my real voice. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Let's, let's, let's do this. Varsh Unamir gestures you forward so that the four of you stand in a circle. He reaches a hand up and makes a gesture and you guys feel these strands of bluish silvery vapor almost extend from the center of your forehead and undulates in the air and he gestures and they kind of float together so they kind of are intermingling around each other in the middle space between the four of you. While similar in their silvery bluish tint are distinct. They have slightly different hues to where you can pick out the three individual strands. He gestures around them again now with both hands and they kind of weave into a singular knot in like specific precise loops almost like a three-dimensional like celtic knot as he's continuing to kind of hold his hands out as this uh strands this knot of your essences are undulating in the air and he says now repeat after me i pledge myself bound i pledge myself bound to my kith before me to my kith before me May we be unified in might. May we be unified in might. Unified in purpose. Unified in purpose. Unified in mind. Unified in mind. As boundless as the astral sea. As boundless as the astral sea. With that, he reaches directly above him and grasps the empty air, pulling down. And as he does so, you almost see like this like opaque fabric form from nothing that stretches downward as he pulls it. That has like a translucence to it that you can almost see like pinpricks of stars through it. Marco, you distinctly get the impression that he's reaching up and pulling an aspect of the astral sea itself down to meet this undulating knot of your essence. And with it, it glows white to the point where you cannot make out the individual strands of them anymore. He gestures again and the knot unfurls itself, this time into three identical strands that he pushes outward and they return to the center of each of your foreheads. 
You don't feel any different. But he nods and says, It is done. The boons that this rite will grant you will take time to unlock, but you will find they are quite potent. Firstly, in time, it will grant you immunity in its entirety to the mental manipulations of outside forces like the Sovereign Mind. Next, you will be able to transfer your vitality across the astral to each other, limitlessly. Then, you'll gain the ability to communicate via an astral telepathic link that knows no bounds as well. Next, in time, you will gain the ability to transport yourself to the others. And lastly, when the three of you are together, you will gain immunity to all mental assault. Oh, spicy. I have done my best with locking away these memories to obfuscate your presence from the Sovereign Mind. But should it learn of your existence, it will stop at nothing to stop you. Even in our attempt to hold ourselves away here, it sent legions of mind flayers to stop us, as I'm sure you saw the corpses as you entered. Which is weird, because you saw ancient beholder skeletons, but you didn't see any mind flayer corpses. Mm-hmm. Now, before you go, there are three things I will tell you that I hope will aid you in this endeavor. Firstly, the sovereign mind has set up its base of influence upon the seat of the now-dead Kratorian Empire, the planet Kratori. His roots are planted there deep, and I think it unlikely he would move them. Um, I, um, sir, um, that planet no longer exists. He furrows his brow and just says, Are you sure? The sovereign mind is manipulative. He will not hesitate to obfuscate and mislead. Do not trust what you know. At that point, he was about to say, but like I've studied my whole... Okay. Yeah. And then he says, next. It has led to the folly of many, but the legendary Spelljammer might be one of the few entities in the multiverse powerful enough to oppose the Sovereign Mind. Our people sought it out, but the intelligence ship eluded us. Perhaps you'll have better luck. And then lastly, and he turns to look at you, Ravnus, specifically. And he says, The Sovereign Mind is the one true enemy of all Gith peoples forever and all time. It must be stopped at all costs. Uniting the Gith people will be essential. I understand. Then I have nothing more for you. Except my hope that you can put an end to this threat that threatens us all. We'll do our best. You gotta understand, it's a tall order. I understand. Well, um, I'm on one hell of an adventure so far. Then go. Waste no more time. And I hope for all of existence that you succeed. Nick, can I roll a sleight of hand check to uh, <laughs> to do something here out of the purview of uh, of the caretaker? Yeah. Okay. What are you trying to do? Uh, I'm going to surreptitiously write myself a note. Okay. Um, 
I got a natural 20. Whoa. So that's a 24 total. Okay. I'm writing myself a note in my notebook. Um, It has to be quick because I don't have much time if I'm going to write something surreptitiously. Mm -hmm. And I'm writing it in my own handwriting so that I know it's from me. Okay. Yeah. Then it seems this gith has nothing more to say to you. I think if that's the case at that point, I would say, Hannah, could you... Can you pull us out, please? Yeah. Uh, you guys feel yourself suddenly start to um, pull out. And as that happens, you see, like, as the scene breaks down, it, like, almost fast forwards. So your consciousness is almost pulled out of the body of your facsimile. You see yourselves leave this sphere and basically, like, immediately forgetting the exchange. Flapwing starts trying to loot again, and then you guys are assaulted by undead mind flares that appear to be resurrected by blue slugs. Oh. You know. Sure. Marco tries to go invisible to sneak past them, but ends up getting knocked off the ship, so he's bouncing in the gravity well. Ravnus fights them. Luckbeak starts running for cover (laughs) beneath the decks. Marco manages to climb his way back out and cast Flaming Sphere to take out a few of them. The pathway is completely blocked off, so Luckbeak launches himself on the catapult across the way, and you are able to, a little uh, worse for wear, basically fight your way out of these undead mind flares and get back to the ship. And you kind of see all that kind of play out and fast forward as you get pulled from the facsimile, and now you guys are once again in the map room. And Hannah just goes, uh, you guys all look like you saw ghosts. You could say that. I guess we sort of did. I pull out my notebook and open it up. And on the last page is the note I left myself. Trust Marco and Ravnus with your life. Yeah, I wondered. Greetings and salutations, my friends! We've come through the cracks once again, keeping you up to date about our Rebels of the Waste. If nothing else, remember this. The moment you've dried up, you're forever gone from this world. If we pull something more impressive off, then that leads to better jobs later. Or we get the shit kicked out of us, and uh, we don't do this anymore, so... Honey, when have we actually got the shit kicked out of us? I mean, we come close, but like... Actually losing? Nah, I don't think so. I like those odds then. Let's do it. I thought that was a foregone conclusion. What awaits our daring outlaws? Find out on Fables Around the Table. Brass. Why do you want to be a hero? 
Yeah, she's gonna sort of like uh, drop down out of the sky and try to kick him like, you know, square in the chest. Look, I don't know what you're fucking trying to do here, but I don't make deals with enemies who put grenades in a box like they're the $5 movie bin. Release, Miss Terry, or you all will be the ones that are extinct. I don't know if I can have an honest conversation with Royale as a corgi. You're right, it's fucking not funny. I mean, literally no one would find this funny. Remix, use the dragon filter, that would make it funny. It's just like man standing emoji. Just T-posing in the corner. <laughs> Who is your contact? Benchmark. Who? Hey, I just need Buzz Nest for like one minute, and then you guys can go back to whatever you were doing. Check out Season 2 of Cape Chronicles starting Wednesday, October 5th, every first and third Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. File folders contain important information. Hey, I'm Saker. And I'm Evan. And our podcast is It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey, what's that podcast about, Ev? So, do you know of a band called Bare Naked Ladies? One week. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I know yeah. of them. Did you ever want to learn more about them? Or... Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well, then this is the podcast for you because we teach you nothing with various guests. Yeah, like uh, like Matt Besser. Holy we shit. Climbed in a second story window and partied in this house where we barely didn't know at all the people that was crazy holy fuck mike mitchell why well, I, I don't know how how like how much you guys really do love bare naked ladies justin mcelroy grab your tongue grab your tongue and i want you to say Our born tongue. on a pirate ship Bum on the pilot you were born on a pile of shit and many more so check it out but also if you don't like bare naked ladies we talk about them probably like a third of the time so uh, yes that's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We could make a board game about it. Projectderailed.com